Welcome to Women in Electronics, the only show that empowers, develops, advocates, and celebrates the accomplishments and advancement of women in the electronics industry. With your host, Jackie Maddox. Okay, so here we are again today with another episode of Women in Electronics, leader in highlight radio program, which is our podcast program. And I am so honored today and excited to be here with a new friend and colleague in the industry, Ashley Quinlan. Thank you so much for having me, Jackie. I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you being here. So Ashley, I just wanted to start first before we get into all the amazing things we're going to talk about. I just wanted to ask you first, maybe just introduce yourself, your title, your company, and really how you ended up here in this industry as we're having this conversation. Absolutely. So uh, I am vice president of global distribution and digital marketing strategy at Samtech, which is a mouthful. But if you know much about Samtech, we're a privately held company. And if you've ever worked at most privately held companies, it's like you just start doing stuff. You know, it's everybody just kind of picks up whatever needs to be picked up. And before you know it, your title can evolve. And we found this internally into like morphs into all sorts of things. And as you just pick up new responsibilities and teams and, and keep things going. I've been with Samtech for, gosh, I don't know if it's 11 or 12 years now, but a long time, what feels like a lifetime. And we're headquartered in New Albany, Indiana, which is just across the river from Louisville, Kentucky, which is where I live. And that's relevant because my background before Samtech and being in the electronic space was in the bourbon industry, which if you've never been to Louisville, Kentucky, and you've not done the bourbon trail, I cannot recommend it enough. It's such a cool city and not just in the coming weeks when we have the Kentucky Derby, which is also an amazing time to visit. I'm a huge ambassador of my city, so I'll try not to go down too much of a tangent on Louisville. But prior to working for Samtech, I worked at the second oldest advertising agency in the country, which is called Doe Anderson, and I managed the Maker's Mark bourbon account there. And they still have that account to this day. They had had it for, I want to say, 30 years before I got there, which is insane in the ad agency world. I think the average client agency relationship is about three years. So that says a lot about dough and a lot about makers. And it's still one of my favorite bourbons. But if you know much about Doe Anderson, they're notorious. I mean, just they are some of the best brand builders and have been since their inception. That is what they're known for. If you're looking to build loyalty, if you're looking to create an identity for your company, it's, it really is a go-to agency. And that was kind of my foot in the door with Samtech. So ad agency life, especially as an account manager, it was awesome. It was one of the greatest jobs that I've ever had for being in my early 20s and able to pick up a bag and travel at the drop of a hat and drinking. You plan it all during the day, but the events are all at night and on the weekend. So you're working around the clock, you know, you're doing a ton of fun stuff, fun events, but it's, it, for me, it was not something that could be a lifetime gig. You know, I was, as I started, as my priorities in life started shifting, 
I was looking for some other opportunities and Samtech is so well-respected in our community and our industry. And they were looking to kind of revamp their look and feel. They were approaching a billion dollar business and felt like they were looking to just kind of elevate their brand presence and brought me over to assist with that. So that's how I started with Samtech a long time ago. And then as I've been there, like I said, the role has just kind of grown and evolved in the best way. So about, I guess, well, at the very beginning, we did a big revamp of our marketing department. We did an enormous renovation of our building and built a tour experience so that you know, we could greet people with our story and our look and feel and really win them over with that immersive experience. And then from there, my career kind of evolved into, okay, now that we've looked the part and we've checked a lot of those boxes, where do we need to be from a marketing standpoint? And that was kind of a page turning moment, not just for me and my career, but also for Samtech, because like most businesses, It was all about the website, right? It was how do we get more traffic to our website? How do we bring more people in? And we really flip-flopped that. It was, okay, where are the people and how do we get more out? How do we take the goodness that is here and take it to them where they are instead of feeling this intense need to change their habits and bring them necessarily to us? And it was really cool. We entered into, I mean, I shouldn't say the market. It was that we were a hugely successful company before this Mm -hmm. occurred, but we entered into, I guess what you would say, the digital platforms in our industry at a time that they were rapidly evolving and growing and really changing the way that our customers came into the space, how they search, how they design, how they were becoming more efficient. And we started to align with that and it paid off huge. I mean, it's been really phenomenal for the business and fun to be a part of just, a you know, a real learning experience for me. And I've been blessed along the way to meet folks like yourself and a lot of the others in the industry that are just really leading and paving the way for the engineers, for the people that are innovating. And that's, what's attracted me to this. That's why I haven't left, you know, it's, I'm not a designer. I'm certainly not creating the technology of tomorrow, but I do like to think that I play some small hand in enabling that for other people. And it's really cool to see what our customers are doing with Samtech products um, and just, you know, to be some small part of that and helping that process along. It's been a lot of fun. That's amazing. I love that whole digital transformation conversation because this really does touch on leadership moving forward and how we look at things because we always kept things pretty separated and a little bit competitive um, in our industry. But when you're talking about taking data, partnering with people, sharing data, it's so critical to the end user, right? So it takes a lot of the mentality we had that for the time probably worked, right? But now as we're moving into the future, we're changing and evolving. So I love that Samtech was able to pivot and align with partners to say, okay, we are going to trust, we're going to share data for the benefit of our end user. And really, we'll just touch on it real quick. 
And then I want to circle back to the bourbon conversation real quick, (laughs) (laughs) but really, um, I feel like that is a critical topic right now in our industry is sharing data, serving the end customer different, reaching them different. And we met on that panel, uh, the Altium panel recently. Yeah, so much fun. That was so fun. That's how you and I met. And I really enjoyed meeting you on that panel. Uh, For those listening, um, you can go to our website, womenelectronics.com. You can look up that panel discussion under events and it's industry events. So please access that um, if you want to hear that. But that was a pretty amazing panel with some of the other industry leaders coming together to talk through the importance of uh, collaboration and digital transformation. But I'll just give you a minute to comment on that because I think that was such a critical panel. Absolutely. Um, It was. It was so educational for me. Um, It was helpful to have some of those dialogues. And it's it's nice that we have those opportunities to kind of take time out with those other thought leaders and all come together because, you know, in my role, it's usually a one-on-one. It's not often that we get to come together in a panel like that. So that was a lot of fun, especially to hear some of their perspectives as well. So Ashley... Um, moving beyond that digital transformation, something even more important. I just want to circle back around real quick on the bourbon discussion, because I actually am coming out there and I want to do the bourbon trail and I'm like a whiskey girl, but before we move on with the interview, it's just like very important things. Can you just tell me if you know, and we haven't talked about this, so sorry to throw this out at you. What is the difference between bourbon and whiskey? Does anybody know? (laughs) Yes, yes. people do know. So all bourbons are whiskeys. All whiskeys are not bourbons. Oh, okay. Is kind of the key. And there are a lot of rules around what constitutes a bourbon. But the biggest difference, or I mean, I shouldn't say there's a lot, but one of the primary differences is for bourbon, it cannot be manipulated once it comes out of the barrel. So you can't alter the flavor afterwards. A lot of times with whiskeys, there will be like caramel flavor added or they'll pour it through some type of flavored charcoal or something before it goes in. And at that point, it's no longer bourbon. So that's part of it. And then, you know, the mash bill. So the grains that go into it can impact whether or not it's a bourbon or if it's predominantly rye instead of corn, then it's a rye. Um, In order to be bourbon, it needs to be, the majority of it has to be corn. And then people kind of mix up the other flavors from there. I love a weeded bourbon. Not all bourbons have wheat in them. Some can, but I tend to like those myself. But yeah, I can go on all day about bourbon, but I won't, I won't make you endure. But when you come to Louisville, I will hook you up. We will make sure you end up everywhere you need to be. Perfect. So I'm coming with friends and we're looking to, you know, do this bourbon trail that I've heard about. And so anyway, we'll see how that goes, but moving beyond that. Okay. So here we are women in electronics and, you know, an organization that's trying to open the opportunities for women and, and diverse talent in the electronic industry, which encompasses so many industries, so many verticals, like it's, it's just massive. So the way we look at it is, 
you know, we're part of automotive and medical and whatever, anything that touches electronics is who we consider part of the electronics industry. So if we approach it from that level and you look at leadership and how critical this topic is right now in our future moving forward, good leaders are definitely needed. And, and really, if we take the issue of, you know, here you are a female leader leading men and women who, you know, you care about equally, right? It's not men or women. It's all of us coming together. If you could take it from that standpoint of caring about everybody as a whole, but needing to address specific issues for women as we move forward, as we're very underrepresented in our industry, for sure, looks like less than 10% in decision-making leadership roles. But coming from a woman's perspective, what are some nuggets that you, Ashley, based on your career and your history up to this point, in a male-dominated industry, somebody who collaborates and works well with her male counterparts and also leading women as well and being experienced, you know, a woman in this industry, what are your nuggets for us today? I'd hardly say that I'm an expert, but there have been a few things over the years that I've learned from other women that have stuck with me and that I try to carry with me in my day to day. You know, I think the first one, when it comes to our male counterparts, when I think back on moments in my career that were kind of those jaw dropping moments where I felt singled out or as though my gender had played a role in what had just transpired. And when I think back to those moments where I I could feel my blood boiling or fear or anxiety or whatever it might've been in that moment, when I think about the man on the other side of that, I'd say nine out of 10 times aware that it was coming from a place of almost ignorance. Yeah. And it was more of a learning opportunity than necessarily, you know, they say that about kids, right? I'm a mom. I have two children. You know, when your child acts out, is it a teaching moment or is it a discipline moment? A lot of times when it comes to being a woman, is it a teaching moment or is it a discipline moment? I feel like a lot of times, especially when I was younger, you want to jump to that discipline moment and you want to respond out of anger or whatever it might be. But a lot of times it is a teaching moment and that teaching moment probably doesn't need to happen in that instant, right? It's like, let's circle back to this when everybody's calm or when maybe it didn't just occur and you can figure out how to frame the conversation at a later date. So I think giving men not a break, but just some grace, understanding that they aren't seeing these scenarios through the lens at which a woman necessarily sees them. And it, it can be a lack of awareness. It can be uh, certainly not ill-intended. And I've found that, you know, I tend to have more success in systemic change or influencing others when I'm able to keep my cool and pretend something maybe didn't just happen and then figure out how I want to respond to it later. It, do you even need to do anything about it? Sometimes picking your battles so that you're not always the person that's so easily offended by every little thing. It's like yeah. just giving people a little bit of a break and then coming back later, I have found is very helpful. And 
It was Ruth Bader Ginsburg who said one piece of advice she had, which I have always held on to, was sometimes you have to pretend to be deaf. And she talked about that both in marriage and in her career. And she did not mean that in the sense that you do nothing or you do not respond, but you sometimes have to pretend that you did not just hear something in order to retain your composure and your ability to influence later. And Jackie, you've spoken a little bit about what's the phrase that you say on in women in electronics? Yes. So call in versus call out. Yes. Yes. Thank you. That's, I feel it's same principle, call in versus call out, bring people to you, find your common ground first and what you agree on instead of calling someone out for their behavior, especially when you realize they maybe didn't even intend to have the effect that they did. Yes. And I agree with you in the sense of this is such a critical topic and it's a good point that you're making because I actually just come from the philosophy that I do believe in best intent. I I do believe that most people have best intentions. I don't believe that most people, men, women are out to hurt you. They might say things that are inappropriate or something might come up. Some of it is systemic and some of it is a lack of education. Some of it is ignorance. But if you look at somebody's heart, you know, they're not really trying, you know, in the majority of cases to do anything harmful. So I love your conversation about here we are trying to make a change in an industry really the way is to collaborate and come together and unite and help each other. It's not to divide. It's not to just get right on that soapbox right away and attack. Although there are issues to address, right? That's why we're having conversations, but we have to have them in a way that's unifying and that is long-term effective, right? Like the short-term is just not going to get us anywhere. So I agree with you. And it does require a tremendous amount of patience and grace on both sides. I'm really both sides. It really requires that. And, and a lot of times, like you're saying, just not saying anything until you know how to say it properly. Everything can wait. Everything can wait um, when it comes to having those tough conversations until you can frame it in the way it can be heard. Right. So I love that. Um, anything else that you have to add to that conversation as far as your tidbits or, you know, learning lessons you've had along the way. Another one that I remember hearing from a female speaker at a women's leadership event that I attended when I was much younger early 20s, very early in my career. Um, And it was at the University of Louisville. And the sad part is I could not tell you who she was to this day. I I don't remember. I know she was someone in the community. She clearly had a reason to be there speaking. But I think the important thing is that I did get her message. And at this point, 20 years later, able to repeat it, but it stuck with me. And she spoke to the transition in her life when she started having children and when she had demands at home and then was also trying to advance in her career. And the biggest lesson that she had for women was to get comfortable outsourcing aspects of your personal life as well as your professional life. Prioritize those not only based on your own strengths and of course, what you can afford at any given time, but very much around what is energy giving to you. If cooking is a drain 
and you don't have time with everything else in your life and scheduling, you need to spend that half an hour with your kids or helping them with homework. Do not beat yourself up over getting carry out multiple nights a week if you're making healthy carry out choices. Be okay hiring someone to clean your house if that's in the budget. She was really talking through when women do those things, they then beat themselves up. And it's especially hard. You know, 20 years ago, there was an Instagram to remind us that we aren't doing as well as the plated meal that the woman down the street has just posted a photo of, right? Like, (laughs) but being able to go, you know what, this is everything on my to-do list. What can I outsource? And we're so comfortable doing that at work, right? With our teams and our departments, but in our personal lives, for some reason, I feel like as women, we have to do all of the things and we don't look at it through that same lens. So allowing myself maybe yes. the ability to do that with no guilt was something that, you know, I do now for sure. And I'm glad that I had a woman like that to tell me that early on, because it's always kind of stayed in the back of my mind when you find those moments of being stressed and overwhelmed. Okay. What can I outsource here? And that's okay. Well, I love that point. I think it's critical. I hope people are hearing that because we're in a time now, I don't even know what to call it post COVID, whatever we want to call it. It just seems like we're reemerging with a new sense of busy with a lot on our plates, not just in our professional life, but in our personal life as well. I see more overwhelm than I've ever seen in women. I see so many breakdowns. Um, but I think this conversation is critical is that you really do have to take that pressure off yourself. And I'm just going to throw this out there and just say, if you look around and you see in a male dominated industry, a lot of the um, executives have stay at home wives who have taken care of a lot of things at home. It's very rare for a woman to have that, right? She has a career, she's managing the home but she doesn't have somebody kind of doing all those things that we are responsible also to do at home. So this conversation is critical. You have to advocate for yourself and you need to outsource even at home. And again, it's always leading with best intent. Maybe your partner just lets you do it because you always have done it. You know, maybe you're not communicating that you just really need this help and you can't do it all. So I love this conversation, Ashley. I think it's really critical. Thanks. No, I completely agree with you. And having a strong partner as well that understands it is key. I'm very fortunate. My husband, Brandon, is 100% an equal partner at home with the housework, with the kids. We share the same mentality about if we can't do it, if it needs to get done, how are we going to get this done? And we don't put too much on the other. I mean, I'm not saying there's not a balance or that this or that marriage is always easy, but he's very supportive and helpful. And I think when you talk about key and open communication and expectations, that's very important as well. Wow. Really good conversation. So for those women who a lot of times we might uh, communicate in our career, all the things we need and, and the help we need and what we're looking for. But it's also very important to do that in your personal life, communicating what's working, what's not, what y- help you need, <laughs> getting Absolutely. that uh, in order as well. 
But really, as we're concluding the interview, I want to ask you one final question. And I just feel like, oh, these interviews always go so fast. But um, here we are now, Sam Tech. We're just about to announce that uh, Sam Tech is now going to be sponsoring Women Electronics. I am like completely flattered and honored and just so grateful and really looking forward to this partnership. But can you communicate why at this point that that's something that Samtech and you as a leader at Samtech were wanting to contribute to? Absolutely. First, we're thrilled to be a sponsor and just so appreciative of you and the work that you are doing on behalf of our whole industry. It's not just women that you are working for. You've got a very diverse board. Um, you have a lot of men involved in women in electronics. And personally, I have been just blown away at how inclusive you have been and the manner at which you have approached some of just the largest companies in our industry, the most influential people and the progress that you've made. And Sam Tech, we look at ourselves as a leader in the industry, right? I mean, we're absolutely a leader in the industry when it comes to cutting edge technology and we care about people. That's absolutely one of the backbones of Samtech's culture. And I'm very blessed to work for an owner of our company who makes that paramount in everything he does. And if we're leading the industry in our product, and if we're saying that we care about people as much as we do, and this is an obvious next fit, right? I mean, we need to be supporting the work that you are doing in our industry and be a leader in this space as well. And, you know, not just as a woman, but on behalf of Samtech, it's, it's huge and it's important work. And we're thrilled to be able to support what you all are doing and learn from you and implement a lot of this in our own company as well. Well, thank you so much for aligning with us. And I always say too, just to conclude on this, is that, you know, we always say with women electronics, we value those companies that hop in because they're not saying they're perfect. They're saying they care about progress, right? Like that's the statement it is. So none of us, you know, we just hop in wherever we are on the spectrum and just progress from there. So I'm super grateful that Samtech is getting on board with women electronics to open that opportunity and progress in the industry. So definitely it was great to have met you on that panel. I really look forward to future conversations and, and just our journey together from this point forward, Ashley. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jackie. I'm thrilled to be a guest today. And if there is ever anything that I can do to help support you um, or any of your members, uh, please don't ever hesitate to reach out and let me know. I will let you know. And really, Ashley, if anybody wants to reach out to you, some people might be listening and think, yeah, I really want to connect with Ashley. How is it that they can contact you? Do you have an email you want to provide or a way if people want to ask you a question or anything like that? Absolutely. Um, look me up on LinkedIn first and foremost, and I'm happy to connect there. And then I'm more than happy to reach out or connect with anyone directly. And my email address is ashley.quinlan at samtech.com. And I'll spell it. It's A-S-H-L-E-Y dot Q-U-I-N-L-A-N at S as in Sam, A-M as in mom, 
T-E-C.com. There is no H on the end. We get that a lot. So it's S-A-M-T-E-C. But thanks again. I really appreciate it. This has been fun. Yes. All right. Well, thank you for being here. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to another episode of Women in Electronics right here in Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net.